Hi, I'm Alon Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Charles and Diana seem to be getting on again. Hallelujah. Apparently she surprised him with a dance last night at the opera house. Eh? Full of high kicks and spins. Why did you never do that for me? Dance on your birthday? Yes. Like Salome. Because, if memory serves, you had your own ballerinas for that. Honestly. Rubbish you talk sometimes. It says here they're off to Switzerland skiing with friends. Perhaps their marriage has turned a corner. Now, much more importantly, who is Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Oh, Joel? Yes, uptown girl. What are you talking about? Exciting episode of Billy Joel A to Z as today we finally get to a Billy Joel absolute classic entitled Uptown Girl. Yes, the legendary, ridiculously surprising hit that kickstarts the second side of the An Innocent Man album and then goes completely downhill after that. It's an epic misdirect. That probably bodes better as a six song on a CD instead of saying it kicks off the second side. As all of the songs are on an innocent man, Uptown Girl is the official homage to Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons and was released on September 29, 1983, and peaked at number three on November 12, 1983, where it, as Billy says, laid there like a lox. For five huge weeks until December 10, 1983. So, of course, what the hell stopped it from getting to number one? Seriously, how does a song, Alon, stay at number three for five weeks? Was there like a big Barry Manilow song? Interesting, you should ask. It's not the usual comedy we like to discuss. For some reason, because these two songs aren't the greatest, he had trouble beating Lionel Richie with All Night Long. Uh, granted a classic and that was at number one and paul mccartney and michael jackson would say 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 at number two and then say 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 replaced all night long on december 10th so those two kept jockeying but billy stayed at number three just lied there well like look it took two mega superstars doing a weird duet in say 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 to keep billy out of the top two so that's, that's, that's exactly right that Let shows alone. what a big star he was that's true and lionel richie that album might have won it all that year. I mean, let's face it. I mean, that All Night Long is a legendary song. So, yes, it took all that. And then on December 17th, 
he finally got ousted out of that third spot by Hall and Oates, everybody's favorite song, saying it isn't so. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. He I have no gripes about any of this. I'm only saying it because I don't understand how this wasn't a number one song. I mean, not only is this song a concert encore staple in Billy Joel land, but it's beloved everywhere. When was the last time you heard a cover of Say, Say, Say? I heard one just yesterday, day, day. No, yeah. Damn it. That was that was good. <laughs> it did, however, reach number one in the UK, and that was Billy Joel's only number one song there. See, there he was able to knock off Culture Club's Karma Chameleon to get to number one. So at least he was able to stick it to someone or something. Thank you. That's a, hey. Oh, take oh. that boy, George. <laughs> The song went to number one in several other countries and has sold over 1.7 million copies as of today. So it's a pretty big song. Olivia Rodrigo, who we've mentioned on this podcast previously, references Uptown Girl on her 2021 Deja Vu song, which also went to number three. Deja Vu. (laughs) (laughs) Then she performed it at one of the residencies at MSG this past summer, Alanchi performed it in August. We missed it by a month because then the two of them actually did Uptown Girl together, which means he actually must have changed his set around. It means it wasn't in the encore. Why yeah. were we there for that? Well, for a young, beautiful woman, Billy Joel will make some exceptions. Exactly. And she is that. The music video for Uptown Girl is an MTV classic. Billy, of course, brilliantly finally using his wife at the time, Christy Brinkley, to be in it. And it's piss poor dancing that no one seemed to care about back then made it a rotation staple in 1983 and still is talked about in its concept and style today. In fact, it was so popular, Bruce Springsteen borrowed the concept for his music video two years later for I'm on Fire. Uptown Girl was, is, and will be a ginormous hit for Sir William and will never be erased from existence. And one would think it probably appears everywhere, but no, it's only on Kreplock and Greatest Hits Volume 2. It's a little weird. It's it's not even on the, go figure, on the My Lives album. Of course, as we know, I, I believe it is now on the Yankee Stadium one. Isn't that the one they, with with new footage of Uptown Girl, isn't that what yeah. they did? Yeah, that'll entice people to buy that. Hey. All right. Well, that brings us to the rankings of this song. I consider this an absolute, absolute classic top 20 Billy Joel. Uh, I will say that these guys have it at a pretty same uh, status. So just pick one. Uh, Christopher Bernanos, where does he put it? Well, let me just say one thing. I've never heard this song in my life. <laughs> I mean, you maybe. are on fire today. Maybe at some point in the past, but I don't remember, uh, you know, maybe someone had it on the radio. I don't know. But apparently it's a very popular song. At, very popular. Say. And I think this being a sort of his one of his classic top 40 
kind of hits. I'm just going to put it at number 40. No, he has it at 55. I'm pretty upset about it. He says, and uh, Glenn Gamboa has it at 49. So they're all in the same category. It's schlock. But as my colleague Jody Rosen has persuasively written, there's a place for schlock, particularly if, as mentioned above, you were there for the 80s heyday of the Billy and Christie tabloid show. Hmm. The fans, the fans rank it at 39. Oh, I was real close. You were. Uh, I like it higher. I think this is a quality song, even if it's not quality. And maybe it is schlock. The fact of the matter is, is that people that don't respect Billy Joel the way we do, people just don't think he's rock and roll or whatever the case may be for the Billy Joel haters out there. I'm sure they hate this song. I get why they hate this song, because the guy that bought you moving out and big shot and it's still rock and roll to me or whatever. This is pathetic, but not for me. And I guess not for all of us, because it is in the encore for a reason. Every show, because it's awesome and it shouldn't be awesome. It when you're singing it and looking at it and thinking about it, it's so stupid. <laughs> and yet it moves, it rocks. And I guess because we all know about Christy Brinkley and how it was written and we're, we're more personal involved with Billy and, and as fans at that time, it spoke to everybody. And it just really, I'm surprised it did not go to number one. I think if this was released first, instead of tell her about it, this would have gone to number one. And I think this is the best song on the album. Wow. I'm surprised you like it that much. I think it's really good. Um, but yeah, it is schlock for sure. And like you said, if someone hates Billy Joel, this is probably exhibit A. You know, this and We Didn't Start the Fire are two exhibits of, uh, boy, this guy writes some corny stuff. You know, it's, uh, but I get why it's popular because it's really fun to sing. It's really catchy. I don't know. As long as you just don't, if you ignore the lyrics and that you're singing such a corny thing with 20,000 other people at Madison Square Garden, you you will have fun. If you just leave your ego at the door and enjoy it with everybody else around you, you'll enjoy it. And that's why Billy plays it in the encore. Yeah, I mean, you got to totally write why I like it so much is for that exact reason. I just take out the factor of whatever it means, the lyrics and all the nonsense. But I love it. I liked it. I loved it when it first came out. I just thought it was the greatest thing. I love certainly now that our pal Liberty DeVito and that's the way it opens with his drumming. Now I'm thinking about that more. That's so exciting. It's just it's people love it. People love it. I love it. I, I like the way the baseline just go. You know, the baseline goes dun, 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 dun. You know, it keeps up. It, it, if you just think about that, it's so exciting <laughs> because it keeps going up and up and up. And you're like, oh, where's it headed? <laughs> and I don't know. This one I've always really liked. And maybe I hate that I like it so much, but I really enjoy it. I always have for all these years. The music video was probably the the worst music video I've ever seen in my life, but there's also something to it. You know, but all of Billy Joel's videos stink. I mean, here's another one with these guys dancing around. I'm surprised they didn't take their tops off again. Well, two of them pretty much had their tops off. Oh, they did. Oh, you know what? All right, good. I Maybe I just wanted to put it out of my mind. I'm like, what is it with this guy and male? I mean, if he didn't have a Christy Brinkley with 
just if you sat down and watched Billy Joel videos, you would assume he was gay. Yeah, this was definitely in the. Uh, I guess it's around the same time as Allentown, so they were just like, "Hey, let's uh, let's get a couple so, of shirtless guys in here." So you're in later. this video. Yeah, so it's close enough in time, and you know, I don't know if that guy who did that video had anything to do with this one. I don't think he did. But is it him? Is that Mulcahy? Is that is this one of his videos? No, it's it's weird. Uh, some people say it's that Jay Dubin guy again, but uh, it's been mentioned multiple times that it is Elizabeth Weber's first husband, John, John Small, Small, who directed it. Yeah, so it's confusing. There's different people that say different things. Christy Brinkley specifically says it was John Small. So I'll yeah. just go with what she says. Okay, well, anyway, I mean, yeah, so this one, the shirtless type guys, are there's like two black dudes who are dancing and doing like pop and lock moves. They're clearly right. like the best. That's the best, the part best of dancers. The, yeah, yeah, they're the best ones. But they're not just in like a cutoff belly shirt. They made it, it's basically like a, a bra. It's like their shirts are cut so high that it looks like they're just wearing a little, uh, almost like one of those, you ever see a girl with like under boob? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of Australian cleavage, they call it. It's like that, but it's just these two dudes. I don't understand why they couldn't give them a less skimpy outfit. I don't know what they were going. Are for. you talking about the two black guys? Yeah, I don't know. I agree. But first of all, those guys should have been in more of the I mean, if you're going to dance so white. I mean, it's just <laughs> because that's what it is. Alon. I so years ago in 1983 uh, in college, I'm going to show you the video now. <laughs> oh my god. I have physical proof of this one. Obviously, that doesn't help a lot of people here, but I think you'll find it funny. I did a thriller uh, thing in, in college. I, I I made an entire thriller video. I did the thriller dance, but in the middle of the dance, I threw in the uptown girl dancing because it was funny and so <laughs> pathetic and easy. We did it as an homage to uptown girl and how stupid those dance moves are and how you hate being white watching it it's that bad especially me you know i love dancing i like the ballet and i'm critical about people that suck and it's like at least the guys in allentown were doing pirouettes and shanae turns and stuff i mean these people stink the ones who really stink, obviously, are Billy and Christy. The white guys in the back are doing a, a slightly more complicated version of what Billy and Christy do. Christy, it's so funny because it's like this weird juxtaposition. Of, there's like these background dancers who are clearly professionals. And then Christy looks like she's doing the electric slide at a bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I believe that's what Billy said it was, which was he's like, well, you know, we just decided to do a line dance. So he's basically talking the last line dance that anybody was doing was the electric slide. And when I was getting bar mitzvah, it was the hustle and the bus stop. So, yeah, it's a line dance that anybody could do. But that, yeah. you know, it's just, just just stupid. But it's not even like a slightly better level line dance. Like, hey, so wait, this is a professional music video. Let's uh, do it a little bit better. They were like, no, let's do it worse. Yeah, we're, I'm going to show you mine. And okay, then you'll I'll recognize Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a lame kick line now. Well, that's, but then is, is it not what they were doing? Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> that's a great video. I can't believe you have that still.
I can't believe it either. And uh, and you convinced all those people to do it with you. I convinced all. I was like Tom Sawyer during that time. <laughs> I convinced everybody to follow along. It's hilarious. Uh, Danny Vermont, our uh, B guest, was in that video. Wow. Yeah. Bringing it all back from the U's yep. to the B's. <laughs> but yeah, I've been obsessed with that video and the song for so long. My, oh, I'm just going to say it. My college roommate and I, um, Every time we heard it, we used to undress. I don't know why. <laughs> Town girl made you guys undress. We would undress and then just dance around. <laughs> to what so, level of undress are we talking? All the way. Naked, fully nude. <laughs> we go naked. And you would dance to Uptown Girl in your we dorm room. <laughs> and I promise you we are both straight. And if anybody's straight, it's him. I mean, he's really straight. So if anybody was gay, it would be me. But it, yeah, we I don't know why. We just love that song. We use it. And sometimes we'll be somewhere. And if it comes on, we get up and start going for our belts. That's like a joke. I, I don't know <laughs> why. I, I it's <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just yeah. so gay. I don't know. What You're like, this guy, he's really straight. I swear. Like when, when we had sex, well, he didn't even enjoy it. He didn't like it for a second. I know I wasn't even going to mention it, but it's just so funny. <laughs> I mean, so my I've told everybody and all the guys know, and they just they're like, something's wrong with just guys. <laughs> why would and he why do this that? song? It has there's no reason at all. I that's this was just always on. It's you know, if you that's the thing again, if at that time, if you were living it, if you were living an innocent man and Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley, and it was the coolest thing those two getting together and it was just i mean thank god she shows up in that video and boy is she perfect and beautiful and it all it does make its point as bad as the video is it's also good and it is it it sticks with the song as schlock if we're using that term but it sells its point she looks fantastic she looks great in that outfit it's it's a perfect outfit it's it's something you would expect a model to be wearing. I love that the the poster of her Uptown Cosmetics is, you know, on, on top of the garage. That there's a billboard of her. I I love mm -hmm. that 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 it's because because that's real. It's not like just some model they got. She is a professional model. Her face could be on that billboard. I I really do enjoy that part about it. She's good in the video. Maybe she can't dance, but she is a professional. And it comes off, obviously. And Billy looks good as a mechanic. I mean, it does work. Yeah, he totally looks like a mechanic because that was probably his career path if music didn't work out. And uh, <laughs> I, what I like the best is in the beginning when he's doing some of his complicated moves and then he's able to grab that socket wrench. Yeah, and use it as like, a microphone. Like out of thin air, he does it without missing a step. It, I don't know how many takes that took, but it was pretty convincing. Well, as you probably know, because they mention it all the time, that was a one-night shoot late at night on the hottest day of the summer as christy talks about all the time everybody's mentioned it, it's a really hot day which you can't tell which is so funny when you know when you're filming something and it's so hot and nobody knows you know it doesn't show in the video or anything yeah and she said it was so hot that the tar on the thing was like her heels were cutting into the tar like it was melting where they were dead uh, meanwhile you know that gas station that's uh i passed that it's not there anymore but i passed that what's left of it every day on my bike yeah. It was on Bowery and Bond Street in Manhattan, and now it has been erased from existence. <laughs> That's right. 
I like the that fact that it took place right at a little gas station in New York City it was actually perfect. But yeah, and also I found out that the Rolls Royce they were using, the guy that owned it, he said, yeah, you can have it, but the radiator, I, I want a new radiator. And the radiator cost $2,000. And I guess John Small said, uh, yeah, let, I'll, I'm just going to just give me the, the old one when you get it. He goes, why do you want the old one? Well, I just, if I'm paying $2,000, I want the old one. And then all of a sudden uh, that disappeared. So I guess the guy was trying to scam them out of a two grand. Classic. John Small's a savvy guy. Ever he since sure is. he always could tell when someone was trying to rip him off, ever since Billy Joel ripped off his wife from him. <laughs> it's true. Meanwhile, in that video, they got the motors going at one point, which I, I'm always like, wait, where is that in the song? And of course, it's not. But it's very much like moving out. Yeah, but it fits well with the song. I had when it I saw does. that in the video, I was like, is that actually in the song? Because it works. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And then I'm always thinking about it. And so I'm like, wait, then I get it confused between that and moving out. I love music. I wonder if it's the same since, you know, obviously there, nobody was actually revving them. I mean, I wonder if it's the same one they used for moving out. Yeah, well, it was one of the band members' cars, right? It was... Right, Russell Jabers, I think. Yeah. But I wonder if that's the same sound they just used for the video and just said, well, we already got it from moving out. Let's just do that again. Yeah, it's like everyone now uses that as the stop motor sound. Even in, like, what is it, Bad Out of Hell? Yeah, right. You know, anytime you need a motor, we're just going to use Russell Jabers' car noise. Now, meanwhile, there's this band. You probably saw them and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the Westlife. Yeah. This is a boy band that apparently is m much huger than we can imagine. I've never heard of them in my life. I assume you hadn't either. I think I knew the name, but not, none of their music at all because they were like a British boy band. And we, right. here in America, we only want our home stuff. Right. But they might be Irish, actually, but they're big in Britain or in England. And I don't even know if they're around anymore. You know, I mean, they're a boy band in 2000. So, you know, they're probably all not around anymore. But apparently they were yeah. huge. They did a cover of this song and that cover was huge. Like it was their biggest song, which is pathetic for any band. If a cover is your <laughs> biggest song, you know, uh, meanwhile, if you see their video, it's so bad. It's actually worse than the Billy Joel video because they stink. It's not like their voices are bad because that doesn't matter. It's the video. They're, it's it's shot horribly. It, they don't do anything. They're in a, a diner. And I don't know whether you know, but they do you know who they replaced Christy Brinkley with? Claudia Schiffer. <laughs> that's right. The they former wife of your ex-babysitter. That's right. David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That is absolutely right. Which <laughs> so is funny. I'm surprised she wanted to do that. I'm surprised they used her because they're a boy band. I assume they're around 20 or 19 or something when they're doing this. And she was probably like over 30 at this point. Yeah. Well, she's still pretty as hell. And yeah, I know. But pick up pick like a an age appropriate model for them. But she was also one of the eight original supermodels, too. So and she well. looks quite a bit like Christy Brinkley. So that also works. I don't know whether she looks like her, but uh, she she it, it it worked. That part worked. I mean, she technically like Christy Brinkley comes in and single handedly saves the video. Yeah, uh, she although she does even less in this video than Christy does in the, the original Uptown Girl video. 
Yeah. And at the end of the video, she motions to the boys in Westlife to come with her and leave with her. There's like five of them and one of her. So I'm assuming this is some kind of orgy situation. Yes, happening. it is that, that, that she uh, screws over the, what do you call them? The jacket and the suit guys. Yeah, there's like five guys in a tux. In the video, these five guys come in and they're all jerks. And at first, because I don't know what Westlife looks like, I see these five and some of them are middle-aged. And I was like, is this <laughs> it a boy that band? Way. Yeah. Is it one of those boy bands where two of them are like 45 years old, like Joey <laughs> Fatone or something? But they were just the foils. They were like the, the rich dicks. And then the Westlife guys were just the workers at the diner who then yeah. went over the girl. Oh, it shot so poorly. And then you realize, <laughs> geez, you know what? I got to take it back. What I just said about uh, the village old video, because it's good. I mean, listen, it's bad dancing and all that stuff. But that video rules. It's fantastic in in its schlock. It's good. It's legendary. It is a legendary MTV music video. Yeah, and it's cool because it, it's so simple. Like some of the yeah. videos of this time were pretty complicated, and this one was really simple. It's all taking place in this one little set, and it's over before you know it. So you also probably heard about Princess Diana, or maybe you saw The Crown, because that's where I saw it. Yeah, that I watched she, that Crown clip. Yeah. Oh, see, I saw, I mean, I watched The Crown, so I saw it. And yeah, Princess Diana, for in real life, danced to this song she was trying to, do something for Prince Charles' birthday or something at the Royal Opera House and also just, you know, step out and do something fun. And, of course, the whole royal family was a bunch of douchebags to her and really single-handedly murdered her. I, I would stick by that a hundred times. This Prince Charles was, or King Charles, such a prick to her. But that's what she danced to. I mean, this was a goddamn popular song. Well, like you said, it was a number one in the UK. So if this song didn't knock off Karma Chameleon, she would have done a happy birthday dance to Prince Charles to Culture Club. That would that really I don't think that would have worked as well. Can you imagine that would be awful? So in the clip that I saw from The Crown, they made all of a sudden near the end, they show Prince Charles and then the music gets foreboding. Like he was really pissed that she did this. Is I that know what happened, it's, basically. Yep. He was a dick. And he was, he was like just embarrassed, angry. kind of like, yeah, he was embarrassed. He was, he was so mean to her. They were all so mean to her, just the way they are to Meghan Markle, except Meghan Markle is kind of a dick. So, <laughs> but this Diana, as history has told us, and I, I don't think it's just uh, over the years. I mean, she was a really great person. I know this for a fact because there was a bunch of guys that told me she used to come into the comedy store in L.A. And they had a great time with her. She was just a regular person. She was cool. You could hang out with her and just talk shit. It well, wasn't like Meghan Markle saying like, I, I don't know what I was going to do. I, mean, I had to go on Deal or No Deal because I needed the money. So I had to be a model. <laughs> well, there's a video from the guy who danced with her, the ballet dude, and he's talking about it. And he said that, like, near the end, they were doing all these bows. And he was like, you have to bow to the royal box. And she was like, I don't have to bow to him. He's my husband. So yeah. she was being sassy there to some dancer guy. Yeah, she was way cool. And everybody loved her. The whole world loved her. And that's what makes King Charles kind of a dick. Oh, so I found this really interesting thing today. Maybe you saw it that Christy Brinkley was talking about. Because this is important to talk about her because we know the song. Okay, so we know the song was originally called Uptown Goyles. I actually believe, although nowadays we're all saying it's about him, McPherson, I think he perfected it once he 
got together with Christy. I do believe with all my heart that it is about Christy Brinkley, and that's the way we all want to think about it is anyway. Yeah, and that's what he says when he does interviews now, which is that when it went from Uptown Girls to Uptown Girl, that's when it was only about Christy. And Christy said on Howard Stern, well, if it was about Elle McPherson, then why wasn't she in the video? But that would have been a crazy move if Billy was dating Christy exclusively and then decided to put Elle McPherson in the video. Uh, that would have been the end of that relationship. He would have been the most hated man on the planet by every woman in America. But Christy also said something interesting. If you listen to that interview, which I didn't pick up before, when she didn't know who Billy Joel was. Did you see yeah, that? That was really cool. That was a great story. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, you find out how well traveled she is. She was apparently living in Paris for four years and they used to have a radio show that had nothing to do with Billy Joel, but the opening was the whistling for the stranger. And then the guy would come out like, whatever. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing. It was half German, half French. And um, and then she was like, wait, that this guy made that bumper for the radio show? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool that she had no idea who it was. I like that. And no, he probably liked it, too. He probably loved it. Yeah, because then he could just impress her with like every song he had already released on his first eight albums as if he had written <laughs> yeah. them just for her. Right. And then she said he she was I guess he wasn't impressing her. She just sat on the piano bench singing and she she wouldn't give him the mic <laughs> until apparently Whitney Houston came out and said, can I sing? And he's just like, get out of here. And she's like, just give me a chance. And then she sang uh, R.E.S.P.C.T. And they're like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. I said that you couldn't sing. Yeah, that's a great story. What a that's weird a great, that whole story is so insane. So insane. But this song inspired by that unbelievable evening uh, where Billy Joel's, you know, finally, I mean, the, the whole thing, all we do on this podcast, is talk about that idiot Elizabeth Weber. And here he is. It's so funny when they he gets divorced. And of course, this is going to why wouldn't this all happen? And then he's probably like, why did I wait so long? <laughs> <laughs> what a week I'm having. <laughs> oh, can you imagine just be like, oh, my God, why did I stay with that horrible woman for so long? Look what is out here for me. Yeah, he had no idea. I guess it took until he was, what, 35 years old or something. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. And then all this. I mean, it's probably a. I mean, you're in St. Parts and they happen to be doing a shoot. It's a once in a lifetime deal. Did you see the that live version from Wembley Stadium at 1984? Yeah. Oh boy. That's one another one of these cases where it's like even faster. So fast. Than the studio version. I so know fast. that was so crazy. Liberty drumming and he just looks so happy like he was so into it he like loves his job I mean now in talking to him I obviously we have a different view of him and 
the bitter, angry guy, I guess we I had in my head at least, and why wouldn't I, just seems so happy and just loves playing drums. Yeah, and he'll drum to anything, even this song, and, and enjoy it. I Didn't he say like the album was finished and he had forgot about Frankie Valley? He's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I got to do a Frankie Valley. Yeah, that's why it's on the second half of the album, I guess. He had already done most of it and then thought of this. It's a bad placement for it, but uh, the, it's a, apparently based on Ragdoll. At Frankie Valley, and I don't know if you know, but one of the, I think the last line in the song Ragdoll is, I love you just the way you are. Just the way we was? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So wow. there's a little connection there. I love it. So should we, I mean, do we dare go over the lyrics at all? Or, I mean, they are stupid, but you want to talk about it? Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? This is weird because uh, here's the old part that's always confused me. She'll see I'm not so tough just because I'm in love with an uptown girl. You know, I've seen her in her uptown world. She's getting tired of her high class toys and all her parents from her uptown boys. She's got a choice. I always thought he repeated toys and I didn't understand the line. She's got tired of her high class toys and all the presents from her uptown boys. She's got it. She's got her toys. <laughs> this is way the better. Line. Yeah, those are really shitty lyrics, and yet I couldn't care less, and I love every bit of it. <laughs> I really thought they repeated toys twice, and I didn't understand. By the way, when, when Olivia Rodrigo is with Billy uh, last August, when she's singing Deja Vu, she's awful. Yes, she what sucks. The, yeah, she sucks. There must be something we're missing. As what you're adult. missing is that she doesn't have the studio effects to make her sound song sound good. Like when you listen to the actual Deja Vu, which I just heard a clip of, I don't really know the song very well, but like you you can hear there's like auto tune and all these oh, other things wow. going on. When it's just her singing raw, that was really Wow, was bad. it obvious. Boy. When, when a 72-year-old was... man is out singing you, that's not good. Right? Exactly. Because then even when they sing Uptown Girl, it's you know, he's great. She's not. You're absolutely right. When a 72-year-old man is out singing you, you stink. Boy, that just makes you kind of angry. She seems like a nice girl. She's given Billy Joel the respect. She's referenced his songs twice now. Boy, uh, we live in a bad age of internet sensations that's not working. I wonder. I I wonder if she'll last. I'm like Taylor Swift. We know is talented, but this girl, I'm not so sure. Yeah, she's had a few big hits already. But you're right. I mean, can she last? Who knows? Or is she just the next Westlife? <laughs> what was funny was there's the entertainment weekly little story about her playing with billy joel 
And what they say in that is, and then she sang Uptown Girl, Billy Joel's 1973 hit. No, they didn't. I swear, they say 1973. How did that get through? How did that copy get through onto the air on Entertainment Tonight? Well, I can tell you why. Nobody watches Entertainment Tonight anymore. Well, because of mistakes like this. Everyone knows Billy Joel's 1973 hit is Cross (laughs) to Bear. Well, I, I, I mean, I is there a reason we we know he plays it live all the time? So I don't think there's any reason to go over. And I think he's been playing it live since it was invented. So I mean, we know he closes with it every night, every single night, except when Olivia Rodrigo comes on and sings it before the encore. But uh, I'm assuming there's no new information on that. Well, I was actually surprised that he played it less than I thought because it's only the 18th most played song 407 times. So it's a ton. But I would have thought it's in the top 10 because like you're saying, like at least in recent years, he plays it all the time. But there are periods where he didn't always play it. Like, for example, in the River of Dreams tour, he left it out completely. That makes sense. Uh, so there were so he had gaps on like some of his other big hits. But, but that makes like, sense because I think over time, this has, you know, it was a huge hit in 83. And then you let it go because he has new stuff and everything. But over time, it, with all the, the remakes and, and Glee and the stupid Westlife guys that, you know, which was, I mean, sick popular. We don't care for them, but this song made them, they're playing at the O2 Arena, this song, you know, and everybody went crazy. So I think over time, this song has become a classic. I think it was overplayed for a while, so he probably dropped it. And now we just, I, I, it's just weird when we're at the concert and he plays it for the encore. You're like, really? And yet, of course, I'd be crushed if he didn't play it. It's just such a strange song to be so effective to make you feel so good. Yeah. I think the reason that he probably went back to it so much is because now that he's older, he realizes like he can rely on his backing singers much more. I think in earlier days when he couldn't hit those notes, he probably also didn't want to like have Mark Rivera and everyone else kind of picking up the slack. And now he just doesn't care anymore. So he'll just do what he can in this song. And and we're all just dancing along to it because we just like what we're hearing. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I got one for you. It was one of my favorite writers who got Claudia Schiffer to be in that dumb Westlife music video for Uptown Girl. His name is Richard Curtis, who subsequently invented comic relief for what we now call Red Nose Day. However, in 1999, Richard Curtis made an entire film about an uptown girl and a downtown boy. Can you name it? It's your favorite film, Notting Hill. That's correct. I was going to say it's a Dave Juskow classic. (laughs) Notting Hill. He was the one who got Claudia Schiffer to do the music video, which was made for Red Nose Day, which he's been a, what do you call that? Uh, Somebody who's really good with charity. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. Okay, I wasn't positive. Philanderer. And uh, he's done that for a long, long time. Remember, it was big here in the 80s with Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, and Robin Williams. They raise a lot of money for the homeless. And so he's always doing these red-nosed days. And if you don't know, I think that video of Westlife was in 2001 or something. He ended up using Claudia Schiffer again in Love Actually. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
You know, now that you mentioned this was a Richard Curtis situation, I feel like some of those the guys in tuxedos looked familiar to me. You are correct. Some of those movies. One of them is in Notting Hill. How about that? Yes, I recognized him right away. He plays his best friend. Yeah. I was like, why do why do I know these extras in a music video? Yeah. Well, they're famous British actors. You know, the uh, one of them's in Downtown Abbey, of course. And but yes, Richard Curtis is heavily involved. And thanks to Uptown Girl, she appears in Love Actually. And if you remember correctly, Liam Neeson says, "Oh, I'm just waiting for Claudia Schiffer to come around." And of course, she doesn't play Claudia Schiffer in the movie, but she is Claudia Schiffer playing somebody else, which is hilarious. It's kind of funny when like. A person exists in the movie's universe, but they're not playing themselves. It's cool. It's way cool. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. That's okay. My fault. No, 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 really wasn't. You're Sam's dad, aren't you? Yeah. Stepdad, actually. Daniel. I'm Carol. Carol. Okay, I'm back. Let's go. Well, I hope we'll meet again, Karen. Carol. (laughs) I'll make sure we do. Uh, Alon, do you have a trivia question for me? I do. My question is, the gas station in this music video is also seen in the 1984 movie Stranger Than Paradise, written and directed by who? Stranger in Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. Russell Molkai. <laughs> that would have been awesome. He's um a very famous indie director. Gus Van Zandt. No, but his name reminds me of that. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, that's him. Jim Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch or Jarmusch? Yeah. Okay. I say Jarmusch. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay. So uh I only know him from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Maybe I can finally meet Jim Jarmusch and ask him who he is. Hey, that's him! Who are you? I try to answer that question in my films. What else? I can eat a raw onion without crying. Prove it, Hollywood! Do you remember when Homer was with his mother's friends and they were hippies and they were listening to 60s music and he goes, this stinks, let me put on my own special blend of it and it's Uptown Girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) never gonna freak anybody out with this music i brought something from my personal stash that'll blow some minds can you turn that down just a little and then he does a sing-along with the hippies later (laughs) that's right acapella version of it yes This song is Our a song living of protest. Legend. Uptown girl. Right, right. A song of protest, right? <laughs> hey, this song is huge. Can destroy our bodies and our ponchos, but they can never silence our song of protest. Uptown girl, she's been living in her white bread world. Come on, guys. If the Simpsons made fun of it, you know it's big. It's true, uh, but this song is forty years huge. I mean, th- this is the. 40th anniversary this year. Wow. 40 years this coming up uh, this September. That's 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 some serious staying power with a song. I say on the 40th anniversary of its release, we should all, all of us Billy Joel A to Z fans and friends, we should meet at the location of that gas station. Oh, that's a great idea. 
And then we'll just like harass the people who live in the condo there. Yeah. Come on, man. Let us in. You want to check out the gas station where it used to be, man. This is where they rev the motorcycles. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. I am very excited for today's parody. It better be good because this could be your masterpiece. And obviously when Paul Lauren sings it next week in our next episode. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, you better really have it. it this better be great because it's it, the, the melody's too perfect to mess this up. All right. Well, here's what I got for Uptown Girl. It's called Disney World. What's this about a deal with the Chinese? I own all this shit now. I own the Death Star. I own Tatooine. It's all mine. Uh Oh, oh, Disney World, the favorite place for a boy or girl. And also lots of really weird grown-ups who look ridiculous on the teacups. But still they come here to Disney World to see the princesses with golden curls. Say hi to Mickey and Donald Duck. But if the lines are long, you're out of luck. What the fuck? (laughs) Go visit Epcot and ride on the monorail. After Space Mountain, you'll puke in a garbage pail. You'll eat a turkey leg, then you'll beg to see more of Disney World. But it's best to skip It's a Small World, or that song will be stuck in your head. Every single day until you're dead, it's what I dread. Hey now. Hey, that was a good one. That was <laughs> a good one. I mean, it, 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 it had everything I wanted in it. It, it all the, the, the rhyming scheme was outstanding. Thank you. That's why I needed extra time. I said, Dave, I need 15 more minutes on this one. Yeah. Got to crack the code. No, it was good. Really good. It'll be awesome when Paul sings it, too. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. That's next week. It was a wrap up. Well, folks, that was Uptown Girl. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Is this your favorite Billy Joel music video? Does the Westlife video make you cringe? Should Billy have signed Whitney Houston and started a record label called Broken Family Productions? <laughs> yes. You know, because he was the worst. Do you want us to post Dave's Thriller slash Uptown Girl video on Instagram? (laughs) Do it. Do it. (laughs) And have you ever listened to this song while getting naked with your college roommate? Hey. (laughs) Post that (laughs) video too, Dave. I think not. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.